Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. This is Father Randall Kaisler broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. Great to have all you listeners with us this morning on this Monday, November 22nd. We celebrate the feast of St. Cecilia, the patron saint of music and musicians, and particularly sacred music. And so we ask for her prayers this day that we may give glory to God with joyful hearts, hearts with love for our Lord. And as we do each show, let us begin our show with prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let us commend ourselves to the love of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, asking for her help and aid. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And let us pray for one another, for this show, our fellow listeners, out wherever they may be. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and ever to rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so, brothers and sisters, we have a great show coming up for you here this morning. We're going to hear from an author of a great Catholic book on parenting coming up. And we also have the call-in. Uh, you'll be able to call in and ask me questions about our Catholic faith. I hope you are willing and interested in doing that. I'm going to give you that phone number now. So, But that starts at 10 o'clock uh, for the call-in. And that number is 877 795 0122. Excuse me, that's going to begin at the bottom of the hour, 9.30, not at 10 o'clock. It's beginning at 9.30. That number, if you would be willing to call in, 877-795-0122. Or, of course, you can submit your question on Facebook, and we will get that question through the office on to me. So that'll be excellent. And this morning... We also have uh, Oscar Delgado, who's going to be with us and talking to us about the movie, the release Purgatory. And we also will have Father Jerry Rogers, uh, or Father John, one of those two. We'll see what happens once we get going into the show. Uh, they're having a special appeal for their mission uh, at the Red Lake, Minnesota Mission, uh, working with the people on the reservation there. So we have a marvelous show coming up. And as we begin our day, we always want to look to our good Lord and his merciful love guiding and directing us. So a few questions about our heart, our mind, where we're at as we start this day. Uh, have you taken time to pray so far this morning? Uh, I'd like to recommend people, first thing, when you wake up in the morning, if you're able to kneel by your bed and to lift your heart to God. And a few key things, one in that humble prayer of lifting your heart up to give thanks to God. Thank God for the new day every day. If we think about it, every day 
is a unique day. Every day is unique and glorious creation by God. No two days have ever been the same day repeated. Every day is unique and a new creation. So we give thanks to God for that day. And that as you live through the day, turn to the Blessed Mother. Unfailingly, Mary and Joseph will turn you to Jesus and show you his love. We have our first uh, uh, interview with us here this morning online, Connor Gallagher. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, you're, you're so welcome, Connor, and thank you for being with us and taking this time to share our Catholic faith and this work that you're doing. You, you uh, have some great work on a book that you've written, and before we get into that, however, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, uh, who you are? Sure, Father. Um, uh, well, first, I guess most importantly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a husband to Ashley Gallagher. We've had, uh, we're expecting our 15th child um, next month, um, sometime at the end of December, early January. So number 15 will be here. That's, that'll be, uh, eight boys, seven girls. Wow. Praise <laughs> so, God. Um, yeah, thank you. And, um, uh, we've been very, very blessed in that area. Um, I've also been very blessed. I'm the um, CEO of Tan Books. Um, mm-hmm. many of your listeners probably know the great brand of Tan that has, um, kind of, uh, preserved the, the tradition um, That's right. throughout a number of decades of crazy times, and and we're doing our best to still be the leader of the resurgence of tradition, um, all the while staying faithful to um, the magisterium and all things. Um, and so we are, uh, I think we're a leader in that, and we try to continue our, our best to, um, to, to do that. And when I wrote this book, Father, it was, this book was not just a result of having a lot of kids, but it was also a result of spending about 12 or 13 years every single day working for TAN and really, you know, getting a good sense of what the tradition has said about the, the, the immortal um, soul that we have and relating that to children. And so my running TAN and seeing these, the greatest books ever written um, that the Church and the saints have, have given us uh, I tried my best, Father, to relate those things I had learned to the raising of my children and, and trying to take eternity very seriously, uh, as opposed to focusing too much on earthly success here. So it's, it's, this book was a result of my parenting and my professional life kind of merging together. And God's been so gracious to me to allow my faith my business and my family to kind of all come together in one. And I, you know, I'm just eternally grateful for that. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that Connor, that, that how true that is that we, we have to take seriously the, the meaning and the purpose of life and why we're here. What is that? And search for that answer in relationship with God. And I appreciate the, the blessing of grace that you share with us, how you were providentially placed in a, in a Catholic uh, book company uh, and I know you sell a few other things. You have some marvelous Catholic calendars as well, and a desk calendar. <laughs> I might say that's really good, too. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, some marvelous products, but how that immersion in a Catholic culture with Catholic ideas in your hands every day and true and authentic teaching uh, has formed your mind, your heart, and your soul to be focused and then living that out in action. Uh, so that, what, a, what a blessing. I appreciate that. And, and, and so that fruitfulness uh, we hear of, uh, what marvelous witness you and your wife expecting your 15th child. And we're here to also hear about your book. You have a new book that just came out in June of 2021 called Parenting for Eternity. Uh, fascinating name. And can you tell us about this new book, Connor? 
Absolutely. You know, um, so when you when you have a bunch of kids, okay, uh, and, and that's a relative thing. Bunches means, you know, different things, different people, right? Two right. Is a bun- one's a bunch for some people and 15 is a bunch for others. So, uh, but when you have a bunch of kids and you, you start realizing, Father, that I, I cannot give my 12th, 13th, 14th kid the same amount of attention as I gave my first, okay? That's just kind of yeah. obvious. So then it's, I really started struggling over, well, then what can I give each of these children? I don't have a lot of time each day for each one. So what can I give them? And when you really contemplate that, you realize you know, whether you have, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 kids, there is enough time. God gives me plenty of time to teach my children about himself, the church, to help them form in virtue, uh, to understand the four last things, uh, and to fall in love with Holy Mother Church. So so this, this book came about by me saying, gosh, if I have such limited time to talk to my children individually, uh, what am I going to use those precious moments to teach them? And so I've I've tried to commit my life here to spend whatever little bit of time I have with each of them to focusing exclusively on the most important stuff, which is where they're going for eternity. And, Father, I, I often explain it like this. I think that, you know, if I, if I asked you, Father, said, okay, you can, can you envision a three-sided object or a four-sided object or maybe even eight-sided object like an octagon? You can do that. Mm-hmm. But if I said imagine an 80-sided object. You, you can't. Your brain <laughs> shuts down. You can't do it. Mm, but right. I think, Father, especially with parents of children, if I say, imagine that your kid will live, you know, 80 years, you can do that. Mm-hmm. I, but if I said, imagine that your child is going to exist for a trillion years, 10 yeah. trillion years, eternity you lose the concept of eternity in its bigness. You can't, you yeah. can't, your, your brain can't hold that. And so that's why, Father, I think parents just default towards, you know, the, the earthly life because it's a smaller number that we can conceive of. So this book is my attempt to help parents really visualize the eternal aspects of their child's life and to, so they can focus on that and communicate to their children about that because eternity is a long time. Yes, exactly. And even even saying it's a long time is it fails in being accurate because the simplest thing that I can think of, and I, I, pre, I really appreciate how you're bringing this out because this is so important for our parents today. And I might say it's important for me as a priest, you know, the, the, the idea of eternity, simply there's no end. The, it, mm-hmm. you, you, have a, you have a beginning in the sense you enter into it, you go out of time, you know, this created structure of time is the measurement of change. And all of a sudden eternity well, there's no more change. And that's the second thing. Well, there's no end and there's no change. So when you enter in eternity, where you're at is where you're at. And, and there's no change. It's, it's an eternal present moment. And it's a fascinating thing to think of. But, but our Lord, I, you're right on. Our Lord challenges us to grapple with this uh, idea because it's reality. This is reality, to grapple with truth. And this is what is going to be. And here, you provided a great book for us. So uh, what... You just shared with us what inspired you to write this book, because you want parents to do this. You've been doing this. And uh, uh, what, what do you hope will happen to parents as they read your book? What, what kind of impact do you want from them? Well, actually, I'm going to answer that, Father, by looping back to what you just said. You know, we, we enter eternity, and then it never ends, right? Exactly. And, and I think that we sometimes think that we have two lives. 
like we have the, our earthly life and then our you know eternal life. And that's not correct. We have one life. There's yep. just one life, right? And our body, you know, comes and goes, but it'll re- resurrect. You know, so so I think it's important for parents to see that right now their children are living eternal existence. Right now, it's just yes. at the beginning stages. And so, why am I saying that? Well. You know, it, we as parents, I, I want this book to jar parents' souls. And this, this this book is not for the for the faint of heart, you know, because I, I will say things like, look, would you as a parent let your 15-year-old daughter go down a dark alleyway all by herself? You know, of mm-hmm. course you wouldn't. Of course, of course you would not do that. You would not want that to happen. Um would you not? Would, would you not do everything you can? Walk over broken glass to prevent your five-year-old kid from running into the road. We all do these things very naturally as loving parents, and yet we don't regulate what they do on their cell phone. You know, they're walking into the dregs of society through technology, mm-hmm. or we don't. We warn them about goons and alleyways, but we don't warn them about the devil and his demons. So I, I'm trying to show that actually preparing a child for heaven. In a way, it's not unlike preparing them for just adulthood or getting there safely. There are there are evil things out there. There are dangerous things out there. Um, but our Lord says we should worry a whole lot more about those things that can destroy the soul than just the body. And so I'm just trying to just slightly change the parent's focus from the body um, to more of the, that eternal soul and that body that's one day going to be, you know, eternal as well. So... Um, it's, it's, a, it's a question of emphasis and focus on the parents. We are focused on Harvard, but not near enough on heaven. We are focused on evils and dangers to the body, but often not those of the soul. So parents love their children, but because parents have all the results of original sin too, Father, yeah. we have a tendency to focus on this life, and we transfer that to our children. So this is a wake-up call to parents to say, listen, look at that little kid that you're feeding breakfast right now, listening to this radio show. Maybe there's, you know, hundreds of kids, thousands of kids eating cereal while their mom and dad's listening to this. And I want the parent right now to look and say, that kid is going to live so long that they're going to see the sun burn out into dust. They're going to see the Milky Way, the galaxy, turn to nothing. Mm-hmm. They are going to see all of that with their own glorified eyes. So whatever you do with your children, whatever example you set, whatever priorities you place in their life, are you putting soccer practice over over the sacraments? Are you putting friendships over adoration? What are you doing today with your children to prepare them for living for eternity? And that's on you, Mom and Dad. It's on me. And this book was a huge wake-up call to me because if I lead my little ones astray through my own neglect or my own sins of omission or commission, then it's better for me to have a millstone tied around my neck and cast in the depths of the sea. And the Lord was speaking to you, Mom, and you, Dad, with these little ones, because they're His little ones. And if you neglect them, it's better a millstone be tied around your neck. So please remember that. And please, if you read this book, think my goal here is to help parents take this very seriously. Amen, Connor. Awesome. Well said. We're going to take a little break right now, Connor. We'll be right back picking up where we left off. Stay with us. You're listening to Father Randall Kazel and Connor Gallagher from Tan Books on Real Presence Radio Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back here. You're listening to Real Presence Radio Live with Father Randall Kiesel, broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael, Pine Island, Minnesota. And we're blessed to have with us here this morning on the first interview, Connor Gallagher, uh, the owner and director of Tan Books and Publishers. And he has a new book called Parenting for Eternity, just released this past summer, 2021. Parenting for Eternity, I encourage you to check it out on their website, tanbooks.com, tanbooks.com. Connor, thanks again for being with us. This is fun, Father. Let's keep going. Amen. Yes. And if I were to go back, you know, we started this interview here at the the top of the hour. You talk about how parents uh, need to give themselves to their children. You mentioned there's plenty of time that you you're expecting your 15th child. So you you you're dealing uh, with 14 already, and you noted that there's time. God has given you a lot of time. It's not the same kind of time you gave for your first child or two, but you have the time to give to them. And in my mind, what I was hearing you say, I I have I I've decided to love them. That you love God. You love your wife, and you've decided to love your children, each and every one of them. And then time is, having enough time is not the question. It's the, in the moment, how do I love this child that's in front of me? And then each child that's presented, how do I love this child? And what I hear you saying is that you've given yourself to God. You certainly have given yourself to your wife and wife, your wife to you. And that becomes then a natural gift, a divinely inspired gift to your children and forming them in the faith and having that inform everything you do with your children. So that's what I hear you saying. And, and it's, it sounds like you put this in a book and, and uh, it sounds powerful to me. So uh, and I know part of your book 
you you wrote about the four last things. Can you jump into that a little bit? Because I know that that's like the nuts and bolts of the meaning of life, the four last things. That's right, Father. And, you know, actually the, the first chapter of the book is called The Four Last Things First. First, you know, because they're the last thing, but, you know, we must start with the end in mind. And, you know, I, I think uh, I think that it's important for parents to remember this, that you are preparing your children for death. I mean, that's your mm-hmm. primary job. It's, it's not to get them to, you know, have an athletic scholarship, okay? It is your, you're preparing your child for death, and hopefully that death comes long after your own death, mom and dad, right? Because no one wants yes. to outlive their children. But, but you know, the, the influence that you're giving your child now, and it starts, you know, I think in utero, mm-hmm. um, but it, it goes all the way through to where when your kid is on their deathbed, it is you who made the greatest impact in preparing them for that moment. There is no way around those four last things. I mean, the death, so that your readers, your listeners know, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And every one of your children is going to go through death, and they will pay taxes, right? They say death and taxes are the two things that <laughs> you can't get around. Right. But death, and then they will be judged. Yeah. And, and Father, I'm going to give this, you know, a little bit of a, a, a little kind of a intimidating uh, imagery, but what, I used to work for a federal judge, and one of the main things that a federal judge does is they give sentences to federal criminals. Mm. And so literally the criminal is brought in the jumpsuit. Sometimes they're chained at the ankles and hands. Yes. And the judge is going through the sentence, and then he's looking at the person's criminal history and all of this stuff to find out, do they go to prison for 10 years or for 20 years or life? And that's a very serious thing. And usually there is a mama sitting in the pews of the <laughs> of, of the courtroom, courtroom, you know, begging for mercy. And you can see her back there. She's weeping and saying, he's such a good boy, please, you know, please. And they're begging. They're begging. Well, at our your, your child, every one of your children is going to be judged by the eternal judge, by the divine yeah. judge. And so, you know, so mom and dad, it's too late. It was too late for that mom in the courtroom to plead for mercy. They, they've had their opportunity to be a mom and dad. And your time, mom and dad, is fleeting. It's almost over. It's almost over. So have you prepared your child for that judgment? Everything else about life is kind of frivolous when it comes down to that. Have you prepared that child to stand before the eternal judge who will judge him for his sins? And I can't mm-hmm. get around that reality. It's a powerful image. It is. But boy, God has given you an opportunity right now. Don't waste it. Change everything today and focus on that today with your child. Yeah, that is powerful, Connor, because that's we rely upon analogies and human experiences that are in a sense every day or that we experience to help us to grapple with the ideas of eternity and uh, that's a big part of our parables from our Lord. So uh, I really appreciate that imagery and that experience. You had real experiences of that. Yeah, it is urgent for parents to take to heart and to uh, think of this. Now, one thing I would say about this, Connor, is this this can seem a little overwhelming. So where will parents find hope? So uh, one thing I continually teach is that, you know, parents, you're not alone in this endeavor of being parents. So what do you think, Connor? Where do parents find their hope in trying to, to accomplish this task that seems... Uh, even beyond them. They can just be left feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, I, I think the faith is remarkably simple. And so mm-hmm. in, in my book, I try to provide, this is not a how-to book, it's more of a why book, you know, yes. but but some of the how-tos is, look, 
we don't have to overcomplicate this. Hey, look, your life is a success as a parent, whether the whether your child's own free will, you know, corresponds with God's will or not down the road. That that will be his or her decision. But your life as a parent is a success if you take your child to adoration, if you take your child to mass, if you rotate your week around confession, if you pray the rosary every day for the rest of your life with your child, okay, or as long mm-hmm. as they're home. I mean, this is simple stuff. So I just named four things. These are not hard, okay? It's just everything else, all the other crap in our life get in the way of these very simple things. So, and I do the math somewhere in this book. Father, if you start praying, if, if, if your listeners start praying the rosary right now with their child at 10 years old, and then they live to 80, so they say for 70 years, yes. if that child says a rosary for every day for 70 years, then you, you, I did the math on how many Hail Marys will they say in their lifetime, yes. and the answer was something like 1.3 million or something like that. Wow. And so they, they have prayed now, and have prayed for us, you know, Mother, now and at the hour of our death. So if you instill the, the, the habit with your child of praying the rosary, and then at your child's death, the, mo- the Mother of God will have heard over a million times Pray for us now and at the hour of our death. You think Mary, the Virgin Mother, is going to neglect your child after hearing over one million times that they want her at their deathbed? No way. She's going to be there. So let's not overcomplicate it. Pray the rosary every day. Take your child to Mass. Take your child to adoration. And rotate your week around confession, not soccer practice, not piano. If you do those basic things, I think grace permeates your life and simplifies everything. Yes, I so appreciate that because that devotion to the Blessed Mother, uh, she keeps one thing first, God first. What does Jesus want? Like she said at the wedding feast of Cana, do what he tells you. And and that's what our Blessed Mother specializes in. If we can have that one sense uh, with Mary and that parents can do to lead children to want what Jesus wants, to desire what he wants. There's a lot of things to desire in this world, a lot of things that could be attractive goals or acquisitions or, in a sense, loves. Uh, but if the, if the first love and the primary love is Jesus and his will, everything else will get put into order. Uh, it's well said. Uh, one interesting thing in your book I, I see is the, you, you describe this aspect of acts of commission and acts of omission. Can you share a little bit about that, Connor, what, what the difference there is, acts of commission and omission? Yeah, I, I think that as parents, um, we're, we are very concerned about not doing, like, bad things for our, to our children. You know, you can't abuse your child. You shouldn't yell and scream at your kid. You know, uh, you know you, 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 so we're focused on sins of commission, which is those are overt acts that we've taken that are wrong. Just like when we go into the confessional, you know, if, if I was to, if I was to, you know, uh, lose my temper and scream and yell at somebody, that might be a sin of commission and that I, I have sinned overtly against God and neighbor. But a sin of omission, it's really negligence. It's something where I had a duty to do something and I failed to do that. And in fact, the civil law has the same idea. You have, you know, like yes. premeditated murder or you have, you know, you know, negligence, you know, you have, you know, involuntary homicide or something like that. So mm-hmm. there's negligence in the church law as well. So as parents, my emphasis with parents is we don't think about the sins of omission enough because we're thinking about the things we did and didn't do. So we have an obligation before God to form these children in every single little crack and crevice of their life. 
and to use every opportunity, whether the kids are, you know, fighting over who gets to sit in the front seat or, you know, uh, you know, tucking our kids into bed at night, you know. Okay, I know that we, we all know we shouldn't, you know, be mean to our children, but have we, through our own acts towards our spouse or through other children or people, shown them what virtuous living is? And if we have not, then that is definitely a sin of omission. We have failed to to be that uh, Christ-like figure in their life. We have failed to do that, and that's a sin of omission, and it needs to be confessed. Mm-hmm. So I, I think parents, yep. I think parents actually need another examination of conscience. You know, and I think parents should go and think about how have I sinned, you know, through commission, but also through omission. What have I failed to present to my children? What have what have I failed to teach them? What how have I failed to lead them an example? How how have I set a bad example? So when have I just wimped out and not done my prayers with them or whatever because I was too tired at the end of the day, which I understand. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we have to confess those things to a priest in the confessional box to, in, in order to take this seriously. We really do. Yes, amen to that. And we're nearing the end of our time. We have about only 10 seconds left here, Connor. And so grateful for our listeners. Get Connor Gallagher's book from Tan Books Publishing. You can go to tanbooks.com. Connor's written this great book called Parenting for Eternity. Connor, thank you for being with us here this morning. And keep up your great work. And God bless you. And we'll pray for you and your wife and family. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Connor. And stay right with us on Real Presence Radio. Coming up next is Straight Talk with myself, Father Kazel. And feel free to call in. The number is 877-795-0122. Stay with us on Real Presence Radio Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 